welcome to Rebuilders. My name is Liddy. I'm here with Mark Sayers. How are you, Mark? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty great. Thank you. Uh, We're also here with Daniel, as always. And today we are joined by the marvellous Terry Walling. How are you going over there? We can see that you're a little bit tanned. Yes, 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 yes. What's going on there? Well, America continues its woes and ups and downs, but... uh, my wife and I celebrate our 41st wedding anniversary. I know I look so much younger. Congratulations. Than that, yeah, Congratulations. And uh, <laughs> so we had to go suffer. So we kind of picked a point in the, in the globe and it was Maui. So a little uh, wow. Maui, Hawaii Island, eight days suffering, you know, laying right yeah. by the pool and looking out over the ocean. <laughs> it, was, it was hard. It was really, and- really hard. Yeah. yeah, it sounds yeah, it sounds pretty yeah. tough. We'll probably just cry ourselves <laughs> to sleep over here thinking us. about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say to Terry, you. Oh, so you go, Terry. No, I was just going to say you. Uh, some who are listening to this are in actual lockdown as I speak, so I really yes, you know, feel bad about making those kind of comments. But anyways, I made them. So <laughs> it was eight days in Hawaii. That's so right. This is yeah. this is life at the moment. <laughs> I was I was just going to say, Terry, um, you you were in Australia um, around that sort of stage when um, you know Australia was the flavour of the month for a short period yeah. there in the eighties yeah. in 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 America with Crocodile Dundee and oh, you know, all that yeah. sort of stuff. But it was this vision of a you know this beautiful country down under. But uh, now we're you know famous in America as you know sort of <laughs> this example of uh, some sort of you know Stalinist nineteen eighty four. So you know we're getting messages like, are you guys all right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, for some, you know, it just depends where you stand on the political persuasion. You are the poster child too. Look what you've been able yes. to do, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah you're being spoken well, that's of. The Kiwis now. Yeah. yeah, in America, you're being spoken of in many different ways. Some of them not good, but uh, <laughs> others, uh, others entertaining. Let's just say that. So, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes, that's a nice polite yeah, way to put enough, it. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a that's a nice segue into what we're going to be <laughs> focusing on today. And obviously, Terry, we've we've chatted to you a number of times, and uh, we here locally at Red have benefited from your mm. uh, insights and encouragement around leadership. And um, yeah, that's what we're going to focus on today: leadership. Um, and I guess we've had a few questions come in about the rise and fall of Mars Hill, a podcast that is. Um, that's put out by, was it Christianity Today? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it has been super popular and we've had a lot of questions about it and we thought it would be a great opportunity to engage with you as somebody who knows all about leadership, right. uh, encourages people in leadership, but also um, as somebody in that kind of context there in America. So we're excited to be able to talk to you about it today. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like it, it's it's about I guess the question we're asking is around you know, not so much a deep dive into the podcast as much mm. as it feels like this axial moment where my sense is a lot of what you know I've learned from you, what you've been talking about for years, really was you know actually I was thinking of that guy. I remember reading about the guy who for years was like um, lobbying uh, the airline industry to put a lock on the cabin door for the, the cockpit mm. door. 
And then you know, no one wanted to sort of listen. <laughs> and then the, I read this thing like the two days after <laughs> September 11th, you know, everyone's wanted to book him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, so in a sense, it's a little bit like yourself. I think you've been t- seeing a lot of where this was heading. So we thought it'd be great to mm. um, maybe just even just give, just give people, a, you know, in a sense, your broad reading of of you know this moment where we're at with how people are viewing leadership. Right. Right. Well, I'm happy to give a, a couple comments on it. I think anytime we talk about failure, um, you know, it's not like we're sensationalizing this act because this, uh, what happened at Mars Hill was coming and it has actually, uh, in its progressive state for the last probably 30 years in America, been evolving, uh, to something like this. It's just that all of a sudden now we've got in front of us, uh, a, a documented, case study of what happens when we adopt a a leadership style and a leadership framework and a leadership paradigm that is so anti-kingdom. And and yet, you know, a lot of people will still here in America say, you know, I I still kind of like that guy. I still kind of like everything that uh, he stood for. I kind of like that he was a renegade. I kind of like, I kind of like, I kind of like. And I personally have never met Mark Disco. So I want to say that. And I did not ever go to Mars Hill. Um, but obviously his speaking, his writing and and all the things that um, started to surface around it um, has brought up probably one of the key things that we we all know inside of us. But especially in America, we have all turned our back away from. I, I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many books are written related to character. Mm-hmm. How many books in the last 10, 15 years have been saying character is key. And I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many pastors are chose, chosen to take their role with absolutely no discussion related to character. Mm-hmm. Something's up. And for a long mm. time, I've been saying that a train runs best on two tracks. Um, I know all about the monorail at Disneyland. I come from Southern California, so leave that <laughs> out of here for a second and just adopt that that picture. Uh, but the character side has always been implied, and the uh, skill side has always been overemphasized. So mm. we have inbred for years, a culture that says, if you have the natural abilities to lead a church, you're in, let's go. And now, mm-hmm. and what happened then is the fruition of that move to the CEO model, which is classic for mm-hmm. us boomers, in that we didn't want the institution, we, did, we wanted something different, we wanted somebody to make us a star, we wanted a show, we wanted a program, and now we got it. And and there it is documented now what happens when all of a sudden mm. we're not selecting leadership based on character. We're selecting really leadership based on self-centeredness. Make it what we mm. want it, when we want it, how we want it. And if you'll do that, we'll actually support you regardless of the depth of your intimacy with Christ and regardless of whether you yourself are are growing deeper in your internal character formation. Now, Mm. 
people are going to have to let me make some sweeping comments like that because that's not completely mm. true. That's not everywhere. That's yeah. not in every situation. Mm. But I think what really is happening now, especially here in the United States, is almost a complete backlash against big and mm. that that inability that as something grows like a Mars Hill, that inability to actually be able to um, say anything that will be received by leaders who now are supporting the running of a machinery. And anytime mm. anybody says something that could violate the show that we want, you know, they're kind of mm. pushed away. So the whole mm. neighborhood, the whole smaller, the whole missional community, all of that, I think is in some sense, um, in a good way, I think even benefiting from um, some of the tragic mistakes that were made there. Anyways, that's some first volley mm. thoughts, but I just wanted to mm. make sure everybody knew that mm. I, I'm not sitting here saying, let's just sensationalize this. Uh, this stuff breaks mm. my heart, what happened. And, and we've mm. had way too many of these occur that we mm. don't actually not mm. just wake up. No, we change mm. now and start doing things different and, and honoring mm. different th qualities in the leaders that we select. Terry, I just wanted to um, pull out something you said there, which was really interesting and mm. people could miss it. Um, you talked about, you know, a leadership that's, I think I think you said something like a leadership that's not based on character but self-centeredness. Now, my mind instantly went, ah, the self-centered leader. Right. But you <laughs> did something <laughs> tricky there um, where you actually talk about a self-centeredness in the followers. Mm. I'd just love yes. to expand on that because – and just, just, just before we uh, – to add one extra comment – because I, I do think there is this moment where it's really instructive and helpful to learn from these things. Um, and I have seen a few people online make the comment of, we've got to be careful that we don't fall into, I think they called it failure porn, mm -hmm. um, you know, where we, yep. we look and enjoy seeing someone else's, you know, mistakes and and we almost get entertained from it. You know, right. it's like people will watch on YouTube, you know, videos of people falling off ladders or something. Right. Um, but yeah, so I'd love for you to pick up on that. In, in what ways um, of... Uh, people yeah talk about the self-centeredness in the followers because i think that's quite a bit of a curveball well i think that's uh what we haven't seen in this whole thing at least in my um, period of time of watching this happen over the last 30 years in the american church it actually is um a process that the followers have set up applauded turned mm -hmm. a blind eye to seen a leader fall and then actually shame that leader or turn from them and and re requiring that that leader uh if you want back into the club you've got to repent and you've got to step mm. aside what about all us followers who fed this machine mm. yeah what about all of yeah. us who wanted in some sense, validation of the Christianity that we want and therefore decided that we want something, even though we know it's counter oftentimes to what Christ wants and the apprenticing of the life of Christ, but we want it because it validates the shallowness of our faith mm. and mm. gives us oh. actually a, a <laughs> way to, to actually be okay with not being all in and surrendered and apprentices of Jesus. Mm. 
And <clears throat> I think yeah. one of the big things that's the problem is I this thing keeps, I kept saying to myself, why does this thing keep perpetuating? And it's because mm. of the culture of the followers who actually, and yes, maybe they've been trained to do this way, who are actually condoning mm. this. And they condone mm. this yeah. with not with becoming church attenders, not church apprentices. Mm. So give us the show that we want and we will go on with our life. And yet then when it happens that as the show got bigger and bigger and bigger, mm -hmm. it moved more and more into uh, Drisco's natural abilities, less and less mm. into the presence of God, crashed, burned, mm. and fell. And then we all turn on Mark Briscoe. Mm. Now, hear me. Was he wrong? Yes. But he's not the only one that's wrong. <laughs> it's yeah, the American yeah. church that's wrong. It's it's mm. the the what we've set up, and especially us boomers, it's that CEO, we want something big, and we want to actually be comfortable in that bigness so that we don't have to ourselves uh, become more and more like Christ and less and less like ourselves. So mm. I don't know, Mark, if that answers your question, but I think that's one of the mm. things that <clears throat> I've noticed yeah. over and over again that um, mm. it's like, of course, this is going to happen. By the way, this is mm. going to happen when we actually walk down a pathway, not of spiritual presence and authority of Christ, we walk down a mm. pathway of natural abilities and our view of what the church is and should be in our life. And, and we're mm. not producing apprentices in America. We're just, mm. a pro uh, uh, we're just producing attenders. And mm. I think what's happening is uh, a lot of people are starting to say, so what kind of church do you have if you don't have Sunday? Mm. <laughs> mm. Yep. Awesome. Now, oh, wow. what kind of mm. church are you? <laughs> if you mm. if you take away the big moment and you put mm. the attention now on, you know, what do we have and who do we have and what's our passion and what are we actually going after? So I'll just mm. pause there for a second. But th yeah. that's what I mean mm. by that. Um, we're, we we need a whole falling on her face. I wrote something. Mm. Some people didn't like it. The Sunday morning <laughs> is our golden calf. Mm. It's our version of we'll make it the way we want it and God in our own mm. image. <clears throat> and it's interesting that the worship of that, while really some key men of God are up with, with the Lord mm. trying to seek his face, it's almost we've got an Old Testament mm. contrast to uh, a New Testament problem. Mm. But anyways, I'll leave it there. Mm. Mm. Is there, like going back to something that you just uh, said before with um, the congregations responding uh, or not really responding or calling people to account and I guess fueling the, the building of the monster right, right, in a way, right. is there a certain, um, do you think that there's like this, anonymity that people find in large mm. churches that means that they are 
they less desire accountability or they're mm. less um, they're less accountable because they're just one sort of cog in the machine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the fall guy is the is the leader. Yeah. And yeah, so so people feel safe in big places yes. because they don't need to be accountable. They don't need to grow. Yeah. Mm. It's just the less But the then less- when somebody falls, they're like, oh well I wouldn't exactly. have done that. Yeah. Oh, and exactly. also why wasn't he accountable when right. it's also yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And what I found is the less and less you're an apprentice, the more and more you want the crowd. Mm. So the less and less yeah. you actually are day-to-day coming to terms with the Jesus in your own life, the more you want to hide mm. in the crowd and let the crowd itself in some sense be the thing that dictates your walk, not your own personal responsibility. And here's mm. what I mean by that lady. I think that our churches in and of themselves aren't evil, but I think what yeah. happens is we've caught pe- people and individuals who actually are part of uh, a hiding behind a title, a person, a man, or whatever. Mm. And when we start mm. coming to church for that reason, and we yeah. co- start coming to church, and you know how you'll know it? You'll know it when you when all of a sudden you you know hear that oh he's not preaching this morning. Oh, they're not the worship mm. team this morning. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they're 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 doing something different this morning. Mm. And when that starts mutating inside of you, what that starts to do is spread a cancer that says, mm. <clears throat> "Now this thing's ba- built on my preferences and how I want my faith to be," versus joining mm. together with others who love Jesus and continuing to have Jesus change my faith and make it more like Him. Yes. Mm. And. And mm. I think that that in and of itself is really a, a discipleship development problem. I spent 30 years mm-hmm. looking at this whole issue of we made discipleship a, a small group course as opposed to a lifelong journey. So it's mm. almost like we've mastered a few things. We've taken the church's course on this. We've done that. Now we'll just move into mm. being a consumer. And that, mm. that consuming of religious goods is essentially what drove Mars Hill. That, and, mm. yeah. and it was Mark being Mark that everybody wanted to come see. Mm. Yes, and yes. it was what outlandish thing was he going to say next? What thing was yeah. he going to do next? What is it that mm. actually came out of his, his mouth? Can you believe it? That's what we were talking mm. about, not mm. how God has taken hold of a group of people and transforming mm. them into long-term apprentices of Christ. Good things happen mm. at Mars Hill in the beginning. That's how all of these are. Mm. Good things happen mm. till all of a mm. sudden people begin to hide in the goodness versus mm. continue to go deeper in their faith.
It's interesting, like you you mentioned, um, you know, boomers and the CEO model, and and I think there was you know definitely a moment when. You know, I, I remember being in meetings like years ago where I, I heard people saying like, oh, maybe we just need to get someone from the business world to run these churches because yep. they're effectively their programs. And I remember thinking, oh, this does not sound <laughs> right. Um, and I wonder too, like, is it – so you've got that initial foundation um, and – then I noticed like perhaps with, you know, we saw it with with Mars Hill, but, you know, it was in Seattle and yep. it was the, so it was almost a, an add-on. It was the cooler, you know, if, if if the boomer thing was IBM, this is now Apple. It's like, right, right. it's the person who's flourishing in it a was. secular yep. city. And and I just, yeah. you see different versions of this where almost the leaders now, not just, not just the CEO, but they're the Richard Branson style CEO, the yeah. cool yeah. guy, you know. Yeah. And it's almost this aspirational life. So, you you know, it's the sort of like, yeah, whether it's in the sort of Seattle, you know, I don't know, hipstery, Gen X-y thing it was. But, you know, you can almost have this thing now where you've now got like these people who are like, oh, they're pastors in this, you know, beachside Australian city and they're super fit and good looking and they surf. You know, it's almost this <laughs> aspirational life is right. now. And right. so I guess I'm, I'm – at what point does because again, lots of young leaders listen to this listening to this podcast. Mm. How does a young leader because what you're saying is one of the dangers that a young leader then needs to watch out for is flattery from the crowd. Totally. Yes. And and you know, leaders are insecure. So all of a sudden you've got a bunch of people saying, Oh, it's great when you do that. How does a leader navigate that? Because mm. leadership's hard. It's often lonely. So when you've got a segment of your audience who could be flattering you because they want to, exactly as you were saying, Lydia, they want to remain anonymous in the crowd. Yeah. Right. What would you say to leaders in that danger point? Well, I think you've hit the the big question, and that's um, I don't think there's much you can say in America in our current culture. I know that's not very helpful because this whole thing is set up. <laughs> this whole thing is set up to actually create that type of flattery that throws most off guard and away. Mm. And a lot of what happens, I think, is I think tied to the loss of community. So if that pastor mm. or that leader does not have community, and I'm not talking about they're assigned and they attend a small group meeting. I'm talking about a mm. real genuine community where we together mm. speak into each other's lives, where together mm. we realize there's not one called person here, where together we're not actually around others who are passionate for Jesus and stimulating our faith. There is, mm. a, there's honestly, Mark, I think very little to keep a, a leader from going off rails by way of the culture. So then what they're mm. left to do is they have to take personal responsibility for their walk and they have to mm. move into what's called self-leadership. A young mm. leader has got to start now actually intentionalizing their own personal development and place themselves mm. in a community of others who are growing if we've mm. got a shot of trying to counteract that. And that's why mm. I honestly believe in the future, our churches need to be smaller and more community-based and oriented around doing this together 
as opposed to more organizational and institutional. And I think what you guys are doing and mm. what's, what we're trying to do is actually get this thing back out into the streets and move mm. it back out into the neighborhoods where apprentices mm. can be mm. trained and developed as opposed mm. to bringing people into a big hall, growing the number mm. of people that we have, and turning them into mm. attenders, not apprentices. And so I've kind yeah. of put those two together. But if a young pastor is not in a group of people who have that a, a passion to be an apprentice of Jesus, there's almost mm. very little can be done to not have it start moving toward. And here's the problem, especially if he's gifted, especially if he has mm. natural abilities that we all want, especially if we yeah. he's a, a good communicator. And one of the things mm. I think, honestly, I'll just say it. One of the things, honestly, I think that Red Church has always, you know, worked its way through is mark your voice and what you offer mm. and, and the words that you offer actually are mm. <clears throat> at times so insightful that people could mm. start coming to Red Church just to hear those words mm. versus coming to mm. Red Church to be a different type of people. So I applaud mm. what you guys are trying to do, builders, everything like that, because what it's doing is we're spreading it mm. as opposed to continue mm. to anchor it just on one voice, one approach, mm. and one uh, leadership style. Mm. Yeah. Did I it's, answer It's actually that? interesting you said that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I think like I realized too, like there was a sense where I thought of this, I, I just felt like I was praying the other day and this thing came to me, like I felt God saying, because it's been, it's been this really interesting time in, in this year, like what I've seen in, in the pandemic for us at Red is this rising of all our leaders. So like, you know, my pride in what's happening at Red, and I don't mean that, I mean pride in the best sense of the term, has been the flourishing of the team and other people stepping right. up, you know, to see, you know, we've had guys who are part of our apprenticeship um, or uh, internship, you know, preaching and just like when they've hit it out of the park. And there was there was a moment uh, um, a couple of weeks ago when um, uh, we had Andy preach, who's one of our interns. Mm. And, and what I loved was that he'd been, um, you know, uh, uh, prepared for that by Britt and Ryan, who had prepared him, who I'd prepared. And, you know, you see that yeah. multi yeah. down the line. But I, I realised too that in, in this world we're going into, so this was the thing I felt God say to me the other day, don't make, like we're, we're focused on this machine of making a star when we need to think about the galaxy. And, and mm. a star is one person who's the star player who, you know, you get and, oh, for good, you know, so people think about this, like there's an organization that's struggling. So let's get, let's get a star CEO, a star president, a star senior pastor, right, and that's how you right. go forward. But the problem is in a complex world, which we're heading into now, where there's so many yeah. factors and people can fall and their faith can go weird or they can have character flaws. You're as weak as you're as strong as you your dependency on the one star. Where a galaxy is really interesting. Like mm. the other night I was walking and I saw this one star. It was early evening. I saw this one star. Your eye goes to it. You're just looking at the star. But then later in the night, I went back out at about 10:30 and I looked at the entire expanse of the stars. Mm. So when you look at the expanse of the stars, you're not looking at an individual star. You're right. looking at this this concert. And it, it made me think of God. Mm. And I feel like what we've done is we've tried to make stars when actually we're actually called as churches to make galaxies where 
you know, people, mm. instead of people looking, and I've, I've thought about this recently, I felt the Lord say to me, you know, don't say, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, Mark's written some books, I read church, go, the, the, where you want to get to is the point where you're saying, oh, that person's from Red Church, they're different. Right. They're pushing into God. Right. They're an apprentice of Jesus. And, right. and you know, as, as you've taught me too, it's that transition point that at some point, you know, we're all, we're all mortal, we're all aging. Um, the star will fade and go to the celestial realm. Um, so now, how do you us, hand it across? One of us on this is older than the other two, but I'll let you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> keep um, going. Yeah, so I sort of feel like, like an, you know, an anti-fragile, a resilient yeah. strategy is to actually allow stars to rise. Um yeah, I just that's an un, I haven't that's well, the first time I've expressed that thought. Just ask the <laughs> yeah. galaxy. No, that's good. And actually, it 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 reminds me of something that I was teaching a class at Fuller that we kind of hit on, and that was the mm. fact that if you want to counteract the stardom, then the reality mm. is that means you're going to invest into developing apprentices. If you want yes. to mm. gravitate. Or have people actually adopt the stardom, you're going to practice actually strategies, moving forward, growth, mm. all of all of those kind of things. The developing of mm. people is the key indicator that says you're not going to go after the stardom. You're going to go mm. after the uh, helping people to do it better than you. So when we start mm. believing that I do it better than others, that all of a yeah. sudden then says, I need to do it more. So then mm. when I do it more, all of a sudden people say, look at him or her. And when they do it more yes. and they do it better, then they say, let's get more people to come in and look at him and her. It was mm. interesting in the March Hill mm. podcast, there was a, a long period of time, March Hill almost didn't make it. Mm. It wasn't until they actually did social media and marketing and all of that and found some new al algorithms and everything that all of a sudden mm. the thing took off like crazy. Mm. And when they identified our com commodity is Mark Briscoe, all, just mm. all of a sudden the thing just took off. So when we have a commodity that mm. we've got a market, then it's going to, it's going to migrate right to that. When we have a passion that we're going to build more apprentices, mm. it's going to actually be now more focused on kingdom. Mm. So mm. leadership development to me and developing mm. of the people that are there is the key in terms of actually setting the long-term culture away from all of this stuff that we see in a Mars Hill and into the mm. potential of the kingdom. And the second thing is this mm. idea of, of growing the church out in the streets as opposed to in the buildings mm. is the second key thing that helps individuals individuals themselves um, keep their focus on what is Jesus doing in me? What's he doing in them? And how do we help fuel that in the days ahead? Mm. I know mm. we're coming up to the end of our time. I just <laughs> yeah. had, I just want to sneak one question in because <laughs> yeah. um, it just dawned on me. I just was thinking about it. Like, so the, I really like what you're saying around the idea of community and when leaders are not in community, that's, that's really important. Um, I'd love you to comment on, I noticed, I remember a number of years ago, I was speaking um, in the US and um, 
I was at a couple of things and and I noticed something and I, and I think in my head, uh, you know, there's, there's my own little observations I only keep in my head. <laughs> and, and I remember thinking it was the fellowship of the, the fellowship of the green room. And what I yeah. noticed was I was in two yeah. different cities and I noticed there's this group of leaders and they do have community, but it's all other leaders at yes. the same yeah. level. Yeah. And the danger with that, and that yeah. can happen at a you know, high level green room, but it can happen at a, you know, in a city or whatever. And it's really great for healthy for you know, pastors in particular to, to spend time with other pastors because you only yeah. they know what goes yeah, through yeah, it or yeah. people mm. um, connecting with other people at their level. But you know, is there a danger in that sense, particularly in this moment when there's insecurity around um, what it is to lead, that then it can just become this self-affirming circle? Do you know what I mean? Right. Where, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it's community. But so, so I just, I just was thinking as you were talking about apprenticeship. What's great too is I sort of feel like there's this thing where with the transition from the star to the galaxy, um, it's always. Um, great for a leader to spend time with people who are at the beginning of their journey or people who yep. don't, are part of their community who don't buy buy the 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 glitter yeah yep. <laughs> because they see that person you know and yep. as you know in their week to week thing versus on the stage or you know on the sermon yeah i'd just be interested in your comments on that because i can uh, my concern is that people hear this and go okay well i've got to then find the other six people who are experiencing what i'm experiencing have community with them mm. yeah. but it's almost a false kind of yeah. dynamic yeah. i yeah. think that's that's actually false community in fact you re- do a lot of reading on community you begin to realize you really don't have community until you have somebody in the group you really can't stand and drives you crazy <laughs> and is an irritant and says things you don't agree with. <laughs> now we're yeah. talking a little bit of community. Another thing I learned along the yeah. way is, you know what? You're only as accountable as you want to be. Mm. If you decide you're not going to be accountable, there's not almost nothing anybody can do. There's people out there that mm. will give you the holy shake their head in agreement that we need mm. uh, leaders need accountability, but they're there. Mm. Those leaders oftentimes are choosing to not be accountable. So I am saying mm. now more, it's not just accountability. It's being in genuine community that actually mm. is what holds somebody accountable who day to day does life. See us boomers. Mm. We said community is going to small group. That's not community. Community mm. is more, I'm, we're doing life with these people. And when that mm. begins to occur, now they're seeing all the sides of you, not the protected sides. And getting together mm. with some other pastors and sharing war stories, that's fantastic. Mm. But you know what? Mm. Then all of a sudden they go to your church. I was in those groups. And I go to my church and I, I tried mm. to be even honest when we're together. But it's mm. when we experience life day to day. That's why I think in the future, mm. We are probably going to a smaller church that actually allows us to do life together as opposed to, Mm. you know, a bigger church that talks about what life is. And when Mm. we get Mm. out of that kind of false view of community, I think we got a shot of seeing the church be more of uh, not the one-star CEO, leader, authoritarianism. We got a chance of seeing mm. the gifts starting to be used in a way that we see described in the New Testament. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so good. So um, what I'm hearing, I'm just going to sum up like one thing that mm. uh, I was grasping from what you were saying before. Leaders that that focus primarily on natural ability on a platform 
um, will replicate a church that is full of followers who want and seek the same thing. Mm. Yep. Um, exactly. And a lack of accountability. Yes. Whereas leaders who are seeking God, who are self-leading, who are seeking renewal in their own lives and renewal for their churches will replicate followers who do the same. Mm. And, and that's who, the galaxy and, that yeah, we're talking and, about. And who are in that last point there, who are in sub, a, a genuine expression of community. Yeah. Those yes. are going to be those surrounded be by people who are not necessarily yeah. exactly like them. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so good, Terry. Mm. Thank you so much yeah. um, for your insights on that. And yeah, it's so much more than just talking about the Mars Hill podcast. It's, mm. it's and, and one uh, more thought, a pivotal my closing, moment for many yeah, leaders. My closing, sure. sorry to interrupt. My closing thoughts w- with Mars not at Hill: all. better men and women than us have fallen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Better men and women than us. <laughs> I know that's quieting. Uh, better, yeah. more gifted, more, you know, uh, have greater abilities, more passion, um, better mm. on the Enneagram. I mean, whatever you want to put up there as, as the deal, but better men and women than us. And I think everybody listening needs to hear that. That few mm. actually finish well. And the reason mm. that they don't finish well. It's not because they didn't start well. It's that somewhere, mm. al- somewhere along the way, they actually move that focus away from what is Jesus doing to change me to what is Jesus mm. wanting to do to change them. And yeah. that's the danger. <laughs> and yeah. that to me is the story of Mars Hill. Because I think that story is how do I change them to get them to do what I think God wants to do is not how Mm -hmm. you are a church. How you're a church Mm -hmm. is how does God want to change me? Personal renewal precedes Mm -hmm. corporate change. And how out of that change might he want to execute that same change within us? That to me is my Mm -hmm. number one lesson out of Mars Hill. And when that happens, I think we'll find ways to express that in forms that match that. And we'll become more look like Jesus. And the church will actually Mm. embody a culture that's more like the kingdom than Mm. the corporations uh, that we find all around us. So just final final Mm. little comment there. Yep. That's good. Great comment. Anything mm. else you'd like to no. throw in there? Oh, Mark? no, I'm just going to be digesting all this for several <laughs> yeah, <I know>. weeks. <laughs> yeah, wow. What I love, uh, just winding up, is that uh, God in his grace and kindness gives us continual opportunities to return to him. So whether mm. yeah. um, you are listening um, and in a context that you're like, well, this this is a rocky road that's uh, mm. heading, descending fast. Um, yeah, there is always hope. There is always opportunity. There is always um, a pathway to mm. renewal and restoration and change. Amen. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's good word. That's, that's what good we're going to end on. Great word. Great <laughs> we'll word. see you next time.